Section forty-three of the Mysteries of London, Volume Three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gray Clayton. The Mysteries of London, Volume Three, by George W. M. Reynolds, Section forty-three, Chapter forty-two, the paragraph in the newspaper. Having partaken of a good dinner and imbibed a glass or two of wine, Tom Rain returned to the perusal of the Sunday newspaper which it brought with him to his old lodgings, for the highwayman loved a newspaper dearly, especially the police reports and Old Bailey trials. But as his eye glanced down a column principally devoted to fashionable intelligence, he was struck with a mingled horror and astonishment by the ensuing announcement. It is rumoured that the young and wealthy Earl of Ellingham will shortly lead to the hymeneal altar the beautiful and accomplished Lady Hatfield. Her ladyship is a peeress in her own right, that distinction having been conferred upon her in consequence of the eminent services of her ladyship's deceased father. Tom Rain was absolutely stupefied by this paragraph, so stupefied indeed that he sat gazing upon it in a species of vacant wonderment, not starting nor uttering any ejaculation, so that neither the Jewess nor Charlie Watts, who were both in the room, noticed his emotion. At length he recovered himself and read and re-read the paragraph until he could have repeated it by heart. The shades of evening were gathering fast over this hemisphere, and he had therefore now a good excuse for going out, for that announcement in the Sunday paper had produced such an effect upon him that he felt he could not rest until he had performed a duty, an imperious but most painful duty. Having hastily arranged his toilet in the bedroom upstairs, and put on a dark upper coat and a large woollen comforter, he sallied forth but not without having previously kissed both the Jewess and little Charlie. At the nearest coach station he entered a hack vehicle and ordered the driver to take him to the residence of Lady Hatfield in Piccadilly. But ere the coach arrived quite opposite the front door of the fair patrician's abode, Rainford alighted and dismissed the vehicle. Then he advanced to the house, but it was with the step of a man who would rather, oh, a thousand times rather, have fled in any other direction. His hand was on the knocker, and he hesitated. Yes, he hesitated, and that hand trembled. It must have been some powerful cause that could have made the gallant, dauntless, almost hare-brained Tom Rain manifest so much emotion. But at length the summons was given, and a livery servant opened the door. To Rainford's inquiry whether Lady Hatfield were at home, an affirmative answer was given. "'Say to your mistress,' returned the highwayman, "'that a person wishes to speak to her upon very particular business, "'and do me the favour to show me to a room where I can see her ladyship alone.' The servant hesitated a moment, but the excited tone in which the request was made somewhat surprised him. But remembering that it was not his business to question his lady's visitors, he conducted Rainford into a parlour where a fire was burning in the grate, and, having lighted the candles, the domestic retired to deliver to Lady Hatfield the message which he had received. The few minutes which elapsed ere the door of that room again opened seemed like an age to Tom Rain. He first sat down. 
then he rose again and stood before the fire in a state of extraordinary nervousness in fact he appeared perfectly unmanned we can conceive the feelings of appalling doubt hope mingled with terrific fear and agonizing suspense that must be experienced by an individual accused of a capital crime and awaiting in the dock the return of the jury in whose hands are his life and death such was the state of tom rain during the five mortal minutes that elapsed before the door opened again at length it did open and though he had his back turned towards it yet the rustling of silk and a light airy tread convinced him that the lady of the house was now in that room he turned the light streamed full upon his countenance for he had laid aside his hat and woolen comforter and lady hatfield for it was she uttered a faint scream as her eyes met his pardon this intrusion fear me not now my lady exclaimed rainsford hastily but grant me five minutes attention i implore you not for my sake for yours georgiana had started back and had become pale as death when she recognized the highwayman but even while he was yet speaking she recovered herself sufficiently to approach the spot where he was standing then without sitting down but leaning her arm upon the mantelpiece as if for support she said in a hoarse and hollow tone my god what would you with me lady hatfield returned rainford in a mournful and even solemn tone forget the past if you can for a few minutes forget the past repealed georgiana hysterically her whole frame convulsed with horror oh terrible man wherefore have you come hither have you not injured me enough what do you now seek my life and as she uttered these last words the syllables seemed to hiss between her set teeth and her bosom heaved and fell rapidly with spasmodic palpitation listen to me madam i implore you exclaimed rainford cruelly perplexed and deeply touched by the agonizing emotions which his presence occasioned i know that the sight of me must be abhorrent loathsome to you but it will be your fault if our interview is protracted beyond the few minutes which i ask you to grant me speak sir speak quickly cried georgiana hysterically but mark me sir she added in a firmer and more resolute tone while her usually placid glances seemed to glare with deadly hatred against the highwayman mark me she repeated if your intention be to coerce me again to commit a crime for your sake you will not succeed but a few days have elapsed since the stain of perjury rank abhorrent perjury was fastened on my soul and to save you oh that i could have been so weak as to yield to your insolent command to swear to that which was false atrociously vilely false at the bar of justice and now proceed sir with the business which has brought you hither lady hatfield i cannot i dare not explain myself while you labour under this dreadful excitement said rainford himself painfully excited calm yourself i implore you for what i have to say most nearly concerns your interests my interests repeated georgiana in a sorrowful voice but proceed go on sir i will be calm 
i observed in a newspaper of this day's date continued rainford that your ladyship is about to become the wife of the earl of ellingham lady hatfield gazed upon the highwayman in that vacant manner which left it doubtful whether she were the prey to feelings of surprise terror or despair and if that rumour be true my lady added rainford after a moment's pause i would have you reflect on the propriety of this matrimonial connection my god he assumes the right to dictate to me almost shrieked georgiana as she sank back upon the sofa clasping her hands together in the excess of her mental anguish no my lady not to dictate said rainford i have not a shadow of a right to do that if it were the height of madness the height of presumption an insolence beyond all parallel on my part in fact a deed so monstrously inconsistent with even common sense that you are surprised i should have entertained the idea asked georgiana with an irony and bitterness which seemed lent her by despair my god i foresaw all the terrors of this interview exclaimed rainford with feverish impatience then wherefore did you come demanded georgiana is it to expose me to persecute me who have never offended you but who have suffered so deeply deeply madam i came to perform a painful duty interrupted the highwayman and the sooner i accomplish it the better oh you know not you will not give me credit for the ineffable pity the profound commiseration which i feel for you as well as the loathing the abhorrence the shame the disgust in which i hold myself but i cannot recall the past would to god that i could then you mean me no harm exclaimed georgiana eagerly mean you harm madam repeated rainford enthusiastically merciful heavens if to mitigate one single pang of the many many which your breast must throb poor innocent sufferer that you are a sufferer through my detestable crime if to relieve you of any portion of the load that waits upon your mind were that portion no heavier than a hair if to do this my life would suffice i would lay it down madam at your feet think you that i glory in what i have done no no bad as i am criminal as i am robber plunderer as i am and as you know me to be yet i have feelings i and a conscience too and often often my lady when the smile is upon my lip that conscience is gnawing my heart's core for i think of you and all this is true as god's own justice is true true as that you are an innocent and a noble lady and i am a despicable villain and tom rain the gallant dashing almost hare-brained tom rain burst into tears georgiana gazed upon him in astonishment in profound astonishment and she was softened towards that bold and desperate man who wept on her account but wherefore have you sought me this evening she said in a milder and more gentle tone than she had used during this remarkable this solemnly interesting meeting it is not to demand your pardon madam returned rainford dashing away the tears from his manly countenance because that you can never give it is not to assert any presumed right to dictate to you in respect to your marriage because that were adding the most flagrant cruelty to the most atrocious wrong but it is to inform your ladyship that if you contract this marriage with the earl of ellingham you wed one who is 
who is what gasped georgiana almost suffocating rainford paused for a few moments it required these few moments to enable him to conquer emotions of so terrible a nature that they almost choked his powers of utterance and then bending down until his very lips touched georgiana's ear and his hair mingled with hers he whispered a few words in a faint and scarcely audible tone but she heard them plainly ah far too plainly and when he withdrew his face from its proximity to her head and glanced upon her countenance he saw with feelings awfully shocked that she sat mute motionless the image of despair alas she spoke not she looked neither to the right nor to the left her eyes seemed to be fixed upon the face of the highwayman and yet she saw him not she was gazing on vacancy this dreadful state of stupefaction the paralysis of despair lasted for upwards of three minutes a perfect age alike to her who endured and to him who beheld it and then suddenly burst from lady hatfield's lips a long loud piercing scream a scream so appalling that the very house appeared to shake with the vibration of the air which was cut by that shriek as by a keen-edged sword merciful god the whole place will be alarmed ejaculated the highwayman compose yourself madam but vainly did he thus address himself to the unhappy georgiana she had fallen back insensible upon the sofa the door opened abruptly but tom rain was rooted to the spot where he stood gazing on the motionless form of that wretched lady stood gazing too in horrified amazement at the effect which his whispered words had produced the scream to which lady hatfield had given vent in the paroxysm of her ineffable anguish had reached the ears not only of the domestics in the kitchen but also of the company in the drawing-room for there were guests that evening at georgiana's residence thus when the door burst open a crowd of persons poured in lord ellingham dr lassells sir ralph walsingham three or four ladies and all the servants miss mordaunt we should observe was no longer an inmate of lady hatfield's abode for reasons that will be explained hereafter lord ellingham was the foremost of the crowd and the first object that met his eyes as he rushed into the room was his georgiana stretched senseless on the sofa he saw a man standing near but he didn't pause to cast a second glance upon him the state in which he found his beloved engrossed all his thoughts he raised her in his arms the ladies produced their smelling bottles the female servants hastened to fetch water vinegar and anything else that struck them as useful under the circumstances and dr lassells who had recognized tom rain though without appearing to do so professionally superintended all the means resorted to for the purpose of restoring suspended animation while the highwayman still looked on with a kind of mechanical attention at length georgiana opened her eyes slowly but the moment they caught a glimpse of lord ellingham's countenance a faint cry escaped her lips and she covered her face with her hands as if to shut out some terrible object from her view georgiana dearest tis i murmured arthur in her ear but her dreadful shudder seemed to convulse her entire frame someone has terrified her alarmed her exclaimed the earl colouring with anger as he glanced rapidly around 
his eyes met those of the highwayman at that moment dr lassell's desire that lady hatfield should be supported to her chamber and this suggestion was immediately followed by the female friends and the servants the physician accompanying them end of section forty three recording by gray clayton